Thank you for listening to First Baptist Church of Conway. It's our prayer that this message is both an encouragement and a challenge to you as you grow in faith. As we all move forward in light of COVID-19, we want to encourage you to make a priority of joining us in person for worship. Because as you know, listening to a podcast can never replace the need we all have for fellowship and corporate worship. So we look forward to seeing you soon. In the meantime, here is this week's message. So several years ago, I was a part of this pastoral uh, discipleship group with several other, excuse me, several other young ministry leaders. And we would get together once a month with our mentor and he would teach us theological things, practical things, but it was just a real good, intimate time of discipleship. And to be honest, some of the stuff we talk about would get rather deep, rather heavy. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those environments, but the room would just feel very just, I don't know how to describe it other than heavy, just weighty with some of the things people talked about. And in that moment, in that tension, when people would share, and I would feel that heaviness, well, I didn't like the uncomfortableness. And so I would usually crack a joke in that moment, not about the person, not about the situation, but I would try to reflect those feelings and that difficulty. So I would do something to kind of break that tension. And I remember my mentor pulled me aside and he spoke life um, into me that day. He said, why are you always trying to break the tension? Why are you always trying to get out of those feelings? I said, I don't know. It's uncomfortable. I mean, nobody likes to sit in that uncomfortableness. He said, no, no, no. Why are you robbing the other person of their experience? Why are you robbing what they're sharing? Why are you taking that away from them in that moment? You see, I, I, I never liked those uncomfortable situations. I just assumed nobody else liked it either. But what I didn't realize what I wasn't expecting is me and him then dove into all sorts of things I didn't really want to talk about. Y'all ever had someone do that with you? Have that heart-to-heart conversation you weren't ready for and you didn't want to have? You see, there's a lot of times we have to confront issues. A lot of times we have to have some heart-to-heart conversations. We got to move past politically correctness. We got to move past a cultural politeness and actually speak to the heart of an issue. Not because we're being rude, Not because we don't love people. In fact, the exact opposite, because we love people. Sometimes we have to be honest. Sometimes we have to go and speak to them about these these heavy things. we got to have these one-on-one conversations with them. And I'm so grateful for my mentor doing that. I'm so grateful for him to speak life like that, for him to have an uncomfortable conversation with me. Because I find myself now all the time in very heavy situations. And I can sit in it, and I can guide it, and I can live with it. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the pastor I am today. I'm comfortable in that environment now. You see, in the same way, James is going to have a conversation today with us like that about wisdom. He's going to have a heart-to-heart with us. Well, it's not really going to be a conversation. It's going to be James's usual direct, blunt approach. And you've either come to appreciate that, or not. But either way, James is still going to have this direct conversation with us. He's telling us, and here's where we're going to go. Here's the overview in this heart to heart he's going to have is that you and I, all of us are guided by some type of wisdom. 
There's some type of wisdom leading our lives. There's what he's going to lay out for us. I'm going to give you a, a snapshot. He's going to lay out there's heavenly wisdom or there's earthly wisdom. It's either or. They're not the same thing, and they will lead to two very different paths. And what we'll learn is the results we're producing will show us the wisdom we're using. In fact, we can look at our life, we can look at the things that are going on in our lives, we can look at the direction we're heading and some of the the fruits we're seeing, and we can actually find out what path we're on. We can find out what journey we're on. And in fact, a lot of us, we're in these life-choicing, decision-making moments now. We have a choice. We can go towards heavenly wisdom. He says, here's what it's going to produce. Or we can choose this earthly wisdom. And he says, here's what I guarantee you it will produce. You see, we can quickly discern the kind of wisdom we're following by simply looking at the results it's producing. And that's what the wise do. In order to be wise, you got to adjust. You see what's going on and you adjust course. Wise people with their experience and knowledge, they move towards the desired goal. They set a goal, they decide an outcome, and they move towards with that. So James wants to set you and I, us, up for success. But in order to do that, it might get a little uncomfortable. Because remember last week we ended on talking about the tongue. Remember he told us the tongue can do one of two things. It can give life or it can destroy it. You remember that? He said your tongue can start a wildfire. Or we can encourage people. We can do those things. And so here he says there's two ways to speak. Now he's going to say, well, there's two ways to live. There's two wisdoms out there and you have to choose which one you're going to follow. Let's pick up James 3.13. He says this, who is the wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done and the humility, the humility that comes from wisdom. So now he takes the time to call out the wise. He's saying, who is wise? Who are those teachers that are wise? Who are you that direct the lives of others? Who of you make choices and decide which way to go, how it should go? Which of you speak life into your kids and tell them how they should go? Who is the wise? And we'll find out all of us, we all use wisdom, don't we? Oh, we all try. We all have opinions. We all make decisions. We all chart the path of life. So it's all of us who are the wise. He said, well, let me let you know how you know if you're wise. He said, you can see it by your good life, by those good deeds and the humility that your life produces. You see, remember, wisdom's a topic James has talked about before. Look at what he says in James 1.5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault and will be given to you. So remember, wisdom, this idea of understanding where you want to go and how to get there, wisdom is something that you and I can ask for God. We can say, hey, God, let us have your wisdom. James says, yeah, he'll give it to you. He'll give it generously, but remember, there's a catch. There's one catch to this wisdom seeking from God. He says, if we ask, we must not be double-minded. Meaning if you're going to ask God for his wisdom, you better be ready to act and actually do it. We don't look to God to be a confirmation bias. And have you all ever done that? You knew you were in sin and so you tried to find a verse that supported your sin? Just me? Yeah, we don't go to God to confirm what we're already doing. He says, no, 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 don't be double-minded. Don't be trying to live this way and follow God. He says, it's not going to work. 
He said, it, it won't work. You're unwise if you don't listen to that. He's saying, it won't, it won't work. He says, if you want true wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you. But hey, listen, if you ask, you better be ready to chart the course with, willf- the course with willful obedience. So going back to the verse, he says this, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. You see, wisdom is shown by what we do. It is thinking through our actions. It is thinking about the outcome we desire and then actually doing those things that will produce the outcome that we desire. Just, I'm going to give you a little heads up. As Christians, our desire should be to bring glory to God in all that we do. We should produce fruits. We'll get to all that. But remember, so we have a goal. God has given us an agenda. This isn't up for us to decide. He said, hey, there's a way to live. I created you. I designed you. Here's what it looks like to be a human. And so wisdom is then living into that. But remember, remember he challenged us before where he says, who is wise and understanding among you? You remember back in chapter two where he called us out? He says, hey, show me your faith by your works. He says, come on, let me see it. Let me see your faith without your works. Let me just see what that even looks like. Here he's saying, show me your wisdom by your good life and your humility. He's saying true wisdom will produce good works and humility. That's the test. True wisdom will produce good works and humility. Now, we understand good works. We understand wisdom is trying to obtain a goal and get that goal so good works make sense. Uh, But what about humility? Why does wisdom bring, why does understanding and humility bring, excuse me, why does, let me go to the verse, why does wisdom and understanding bring humility? Why does humbleness come from that? Well, I can tell you from my life how I became a little humble. In my graduate studies, I thought I knew everything about the Bible there was. I said, ooh, I got this. I don't even know what I'm going to school for. I went to Sunday school. I went to Awana. I know about the Bible. And so I got my undergraduate degree, and I said, yeah, I know. I know some. Then I got my graduate degree, and I said, you know, I don't know as much as I thought I knew. Then I got my postgraduate degree, and I said, man, I don't have a clue what's going on. I've spent a ton of money to realize I don't know what's going on. See, once you learn and then you learn, then you realize, man, I don't know any, I don't know. You know then, you are aware then of what you don't know. And that can wear you out after a while. See, the more education you go, you just realize I don't know nearly as much I knew. So what I learned was I gained wisdom, priceless, right? This didn't cost me, well, it cost me a lot, actually, but it's priceless that I now know what I don't know. And that's what humility is about, is understanding that you don't know everything, that you don't know all things. But there are some things you just don't know. You have to be humble. And humility sets you on the path for growth, doesn't it? When you know you don't know, what do you do about it? When you know you don't know about marriage, when you know you don't know about relationships, when you know you don't know about how to work, when you know you don't know about life, when you know you don't know about how to raise kids, when you know that you don't know, it can set you up for success because you go and find out what it looks like. But what does arrogance say? Anybody here ever been arrogant or just me? I feel like I'm on my own a lot today. I don't know why. I feel like I'm on my own today. Listen, arrogance says this. I know what I know. Excuse me. I know and I know what I know and I know what I'm supposed to know. And in fact, I will tell you what you need to know. And I don't care what I don't know because I know what I know and it's right. 
And then you get older and find out, oh boy, was I wrong. James says, with true wisdom, true wisdom, you will see it in your character. It will cause humility. It will do something and produce something in you. And you can't fake character, folks. You can't. True wisdom will do something in you. Verse 14, he says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. So this is the antithesis or the exact opposite of the previous verse. He's saying if a person, if you or me, if we harbor bitterness or selfish ambition, in fact, if we claim to be wise and we have those things going on in our lives, he is saying, you're wrong. Your actions deny true wisdom. And this is where James is having a heart to heart with us. He's calling us to self-examination like my mentor did with me. He says, what's really going on? in your heart? What's really going on in your life? Remember from the wisdom series we did a few months ago, we learned about the integrity question. Remember this, the first question we need to ask if we're going to deal with wisdom is, am I being honest with myself really? And the first decision we had to make is, I will not lie to myself even with the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Remember that? This is what James is saying. What's going on in your heart? What's really going on? You got envy? You got bitter selfishness? See, bitter and envy and selfish ambition are contrary to humility. See, bitter envy in practice is when if your idea is challenged, you are astounded that someone might think differently than you. You ever dealt with that before? You go, I cannot believe they have a different view. How dare they? If your gut reaction is to call someone or something or their idea stupid, you may have some bitter envy going on in your heart. Humility goes, well, maybe they know something I don't. Let's lean in and listen. You may come to the same conclusion, but you lean in and listen. The word for selfish ambition is a word only found once in pre-New Testament literature. It's speaking about greedy politicians those who try to promote themselves at the expense of others, those willing to have to cause division and be divisive in order to promote self. You ever seen that before where someone's willing to blow the whole thing up just to be right? James says, look internally. What's really going on? What's your true motives? He says, rather than continue down this path of feeling this way and harboring those things, he says, no, 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 don't deny the truth. You're not really wise because that's what they'd be promoting. But I am. He says, no, no, no. He says, here's the issue. Verse 15. He says, such wisdom, now quote, 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 right? Wisdom. It's not really wisdom. We'll get to that. But such wisdom does not come down from heaven. <laughs> but what is it? Look, it's earthly, unspiritual. Here's the kicker. Demonic? Like, James, we got to go there? He's like, yeah, you're a demon. I don't tell you, you're listening to demons. We're like, whoa, hold on, this is 2021. I know, and people are still listening to demons. I don't understand. It's been here for 2,000 years. If we're choosing to ignore God, we got to be very clear, because once you know this, you can't unknow it, and I'm so glad you're here today. That's why I'm wearing a tie. I can make you all uncomfortable and feel all right about it. <laughs> if you're ignoring God... 
This is what James is saying. If you're ignoring true wisdom, you are then, James tells you and I, we are listening to the demonic. That's where it is. If we're ignoring God, that's who we're participating with. If we're ignoring God, that's what we're choosing to live in too. See, false wisdom or earthly wisdom is not from the Lord. And the three words he describes is un, this ungodliness is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. He's like, here, let me just write them all down. This is where it is. Because look at what the Bible tells us. Proverbs 2.6 says this. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom. The Lord wants to give you wisdom. Did you know that? Did you know he has? He wants to give it and wants you to experience it. This earthly demonic wisdom that's not from the Lord, look what it produces. He says, next verse. He says, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. We'll be able to tell, you'll be able to tell. After today, we will be able to see what wisdom you're following, what wisdom other people are following. He says, this word disorder, let's talk about this. He said, here you will find disorder. This word disorder is the noun form of the adjective he's already used twice when he described a double-minded person, the double-speaking person. The term right here suggests unsettledness, right? Unsettledness restless, just like you have a double-minded person. Do I want to follow God or not? You have a person, hey, do, do I want to speak well or do I not? Here you're saying, hey, do I want to be wise or not? Following God leads to wisdom. Not following God leads to unsettledness and disorderness. Remember, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says this. Paul says, for God is not a God of disorder. He's not a God who wants to bring disorder to your life. And we forget this and we ignore this. And we think, I don't know why, heaven knows, I don't know why I have to be reminded of this. We think that if we do our own thing, our own way, that somehow we'll figure it out and it'll just work out. But it won't. God wants to give us what? Peace. He wants us to experience peace. God is not a God of disorder. He is a God of peace. God will challenge us. God will make us uncomfortable, but God will not cause confusion. And every single one of us, we're all on a journey in life. If we find ourselves in a disorderly, unsettled situation, confusing situation, we need to ask ourselves, what kind of wisdom are we following? Because it's probably not from God. And he says, verse 15 again, he says, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual, demonic. For you have envy and selfish ambition. There you will find disorder in every evil practice. <laughs> every evil practice, James's point is this, when your heart is wrong, sin will follow. When your heart is wrong, sin will follow. This includes the acceptance of, the participation with, and the denial of sin itself. You see, earthly, earthly wisdom will allow for sin to abound. Earthly wisdom will allow for sin to abound. You know you're following earthly wisdom if you're headed towards a place of sin, a place of living in sin, a place of compromising in sin, a place of somehow, I don't know, we can all get there and I don't know why. Even God's children, we can get to a place of where we're sitting in sin kind of comfortable, kind of like it's not a big deal. Maybe it'll be all right. And James is saying, no. 
No, it won't. He's saying it won't be all right. It's not okay. Participating and hanging out with and doing the work of demons is not a good thing. To which we gasp and say, but is it, is that really what's going on? James is like, yeah, I'm trying to tell you that's not God, what God wants for you. That's why we're talking about it. He doesn't want you to live that. James says, so we're sin. We're the acceptance of sin. Where we see disorder and confusion, there we find earthly, unspiritual, and demonic activity. Some of us goes, oh, that's what's going on in my relationship. That's what's going on at work. That's what's, yeah. You see, God is the God of order and peace. It's important to see this, what this hellish wisdom does. Let's just talk about it one more time. Call it heaven. We have heavenly wisdom from above and then hellish wisdom from below. That's what James is telling us. Hellish wisdom leads to disorder. It will stall the work of the Lord in so many ways. And today people are refined. Have you noticed that? People can live in sin and still seem like I'm a good, I'm a good old boy. I'm still good. James says, yeah, but look at what it's producing. Is their life producing orderly or is it producing confusion? Are they living in sin thinking it's okay? Or are they producing purity, which we'll get to? Are they producing godliness? What's going on? He'll show us why we can't hide it. Look at verse 17. He says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, right? Heavenly wisdom is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. It's just kind of like James. You know the fruit, fruits of the Spirit that we all know in Galatians 5? This is James's versions of the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of wisdom. It's just as important. We should memorize this one too. But he said, here's why. This is what heavenly wisdom wants to produce. This is what it wants to produce in your life. This is what it wants to produce in your relationships, your marriages, your, with your kids, all of it. This is what heavenly, this is what following God wants to do through you in you. This is the result. He says, first, purity. That speaks to holiness. Where man's wisdom leads to sin, purity leads and speaks to holiness. And this is listed first because it is, of course, the most important. Holiness is what God desires. He wants you to live a holy life. He does. He's told us that time and time again. So holiness or purity is where heavenly wisdom will take us. And then we have peace loving is next. I didn't list them out, but you see them. Peace loving. God's wisdom leads to peace, but it's not cheap peace. And I think we misunderstand what peace is. Peace is not compromising sin or covering it up. In the name of peace, sometimes we ignore the hard conversations. We ignore the sin. We ignore what's going on. We say, hey, we won't talk about it. We want peace. That's not what peace is. That's what cover-up is. Peace is dealing with the hard things, working through them. Man's wisdom says cover up sin. God's wisdom says confess your sin. There's a big difference. Cover up or confess. If we want peace with God, we got to confess. We have to repent. Remember that's what Jesus taught? Next is considerate. This means reasonable in the demands it makes of others. God's peace is submissive, willingness to learn from others and be open to reason. Then full of mercy and good fruit. It's offering compassion to others. Thinking about how people truly feel and acting on it. Like faithful people are fruitful people. All right, if we are faithful to God and his word, we will produce the fruit he has asked us to produce. 
If we are being faithless to God, we will not produce the fruits he wants, no matter how much we want. I was talking with a guy the other day. Listen, God's not going to bless your sin. God's not going to give you a blessing of living in sin. He's not going to work through that, which means you're on your own using human wisdom. And James says, yeah, here's what it's going to produce. It's not going to work. So an overview of wisdom, James explains to us, there's our, there are, oh, then verse 18, he says this. Verse 18, he says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now he highlights those peacemakers, which Jesus does too. But peacemakers are those who truly follow the wisdom of God and conform to the things of God. Remember the Bible teaches us we reap what we sow. If we sow peace, if we try to work towards peace, we'll receive it. Or the exact opposite happens. So an overview of James's wisdom is pretty simple. I think we get it. He says there are two types of wisdom. One is heavenly wisdom. One's from heaven. It comes from above. It leads to righteousness and purity and peace and unity. It's not the absence of problems, right? We're all going to have problems. But it's the willingness to deal with those problems in light of God's holiness, which is uncomfortable and difficult, but he'll be with us through that. And then we have the wisdom from hell. Or better yet, did you notice it's in quotations? Because it's not really wisdom at all. It's not, there's only one true wisdom. We can conclude it's not wisdom. It's something different. It's things that people claim as wisdom. They speak as if they have helpful advice or they know what you should do next, but the results are disorder and sin. If someone is speaking into your life telling you to live a path of sin, it isn't wisdom. It's something else. And I wonder, I've thought about this a lot this week, and I wonder if maybe that's not just what our opinions are and our thoughts, our desires masked with rhetoric. Have you noticed how opinionated we are in 2021? I thought about it the other day, how nice it would be if someone told me they didn't have an opinion on something. Think about it. If you bring up anything, whoever you're talking to has an opinion on it, don't they? Yeah, everybody just has opinion about everything. And so I started looking up in the Bible. I said, well, what does the Bible say about opinions? <laughs> it's a good verse. I found it. You should memorize this. Look, Proverbs 18.2. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. And I said, it would change the world if this was a warning before you post it on Facebook or Twitter, wouldn't it? It should. There should be a warning, a built-in warning system. Before I post, it reminds me what a fool does. Delights in airing their own opinions. You may think, well, wait, wait, Brian, this is America. You say, Brian, I have the right to say what I want. I would say, cool. But just because you have the right doesn't make it right. We've talked about this a lot, but it needs to sink in today. You can be right or have the right and still be spiritually wrong. You can be right or have the right and still be spiritually wrong. Wisdom teaches us this. And we're called not to be opinionated people. We're called to be wise, to hold different things. So the two wisdoms we have are here, two wisdoms and two harvests. Heavenly wisdom, which produces a harvest of righteousness and peace, or hellish wisdom, 
which produces a harvest of disorder and sin. We have the choice, each and every one of us. And here's the thing about James. There are no gray areas. We follow one and we can see the outcome of either. So if we want to follow God's wisdom, it means we will seek God's written word because that's where it's laid out. We'll be led by God's spirit and seek God in prayer. And we make our decisions based off of the leading of God. Hellish wisdom isn't that at all. It disguises itself and it can be seen by what it produces. Trouble, strife, envy, confusion. Meaning it's rooted in being right. I want to be right. I have rights. It's not rooted in I give up my rights for the glory of God. I give up who I am for Jesus Christ. Godly wisdom produces blessing and righteousness. Worldly wisdom produces trouble, conflict, and quarreling. You say, wait, 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 Brian. No, I'm telling you, that's where he's going. See, if you don't know anything about James, if you're not familiar with it, what he's about to lay into is a church who's not getting along. Y'all ever been at a church that didn't get along? Here's what he says. Everybody just giggled right then. Why is that? Well, good. I'm glad you're here today. Verse 4. To chapter four. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Just to give you a heads up, he's not going to a nice place for fights and quarrels. He's calling us out and saying, it's not okay. It's not. You see, the church fighting, James is saying, it's because of envy. It's because of selfish ambition and disorder lead to fights and quarrels. Those are not of God. Because he's a God of peace. We should read that before every church business meeting, shouldn't we? Oh, James chapter 3. You see, fighting and quarreling among God's people isn't from God. And unfortunately, many churches are characterized by fighting and quarreling. They think it's normal. And it is normal. A normal thing of the world, but not a normal thing of God. And so here's the heart to heart. Some of us, all we've known is quarreling and conflict. Some of us has always known is, is following the things anti-God and we're left with this mess. But listen, worldly reason, worldly wisdom comes from reason and our ideas and our opinions. But God's wisdom comes from revelation. He's revealed to us where we need to go and what we need to do. It's not natural, but it's supernatural and will have a supernatural effect in your life. Heavenly wisdom produces righteousness and harvest. Uh, excuse me, a harvest of righteousness and hellish, hellish wisdom produces harvest of sin and disorder. And so let's just run some, down some examples and then we'll close. First, hellish wisdom, excuse me, God's wisdom reveals to us that we need to gather weekly for worship and biblical instruction. Earthly wisdom tells us just about anything else is just as important. Have you seen it happen? It's all around us. God's wisdom reveals to us how healthy marriages operate. Earthly wisdom says, who needs marriage? It's archaic. The Bible's archaic. That's an old idea. We don't need it at all. In fact, let's just live together and hang out. That, that'll go fine. To which James says, nope. God's wisdom reveals our sexuality and sex. He's, the Bible says it's very important, so much so. 
It should be cherished and protected and only used in the context of marriage because sex is a really big deal and God created and thinks you're valuable, thinks the other person's valuable. He says it's such a big deal. This should be protected and cherished. I mean, oh, it's important. Worldly wisdom says, ah, just do what you feel like. It's not a big deal. It won't hurt. It's what you find out later. That's not true. God's wisdom reveals unity and peace is what people should strive for. Earthly wisdom says your rights are important. Even though the core of our faith is a Savior who gave up his entire life for us and calls us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and we still claim our rights, it baffles me. God's wisdom reveals that we are stewards of all that we have, and he's told us how to handle our finances whether it's tithe or which is give to God first or give to the poor, be generous. Earthly wisdom says what? Spend, spend, spend. Buy now, pay later. Don't worry about it. There's another credit card. We got you covered. There's a difference. Do you notice how common human wisdom is? I mean, do you, do you notice how you still hear these things in the church? Not just outside the church, even in the church. And James says, yeah, but it's demonic and it needs to be dealt with. These things aren't okay. Which brings us back to the whole idea of what we say, doesn't it? And how we behave. You see, what we have to understand is all of us are going to face two choices on everything. There's godly wisdom that will produce what you want. You say, well, how do I know it's what I want? Because God created you. It's the very basics. God created you, God designed you, and God designed for us to operate in this way. We always feel like we're out of order and it's not working and things are going wrong when we're not operating in his path. So if we choose a path outside of how he's created us, I can guarantee 100% of the time it will not work out the way you want it to. It will lead to the things that God doesn't want for you. That's why he's warning us, warning you and warning me. There's not a bunch of options out there. There's godly wisdom or there's hellish wisdom. One wants to produce something in you and through you and the other wants to take that stuff away. So the heart to heart is, look, what are you producing in your life? What's going on in your life? Are you following the wisdom of God or the wisdom of something else? The wisdom that you're giving out to your kids, the wisdom you're giving out to your grandkids, is it of God or is it of something else? If you ignore God's revealed will, you're not going to like the result. And I know as a pastor because I deal with it all the time, constantly the questions are, how do I deal with now that I've ignored God? What do I do next? Do you know there is no easy answer for that one? It's repent. Confess your sins and let's start following it now. Even though you're way down this path, how do you get, how do you, if you're way down a path, what do you got to do? You got to turn around and come back, don't you, and start down a new path. And it's a journey. So turn around now, repent now. Don't go too far. You say, well, I'm too far down the road. No, you're not. You're not too far down the road. You can change. Change today. Repent, Jesus says, and believe. Change and follow him. If you have a mess, just know God forgives and God loves. But he also calls us to a holy life. 
Both of those things are important. They're not exclusive. They work together. If you need to talk about it or you need further instruction, listen, I'd love to spend any of our staff as much time as you need working through these things. But today, maybe today it just starts with a prayer. Today could be the day that you turn it around and start living for him. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you name the precious name of Jesus. Father, all of us have things going on in our lives, and sometimes, Lord, we just create huge messes. These messes come with contracts. These messes come with having to perhaps leave a job or get out of that relationship or start a new one or go to a different school. Lord, they come with so many different choices, Lord, and we just pray and ask for your strength and courage in that. We pray for your help. We pray for your guidance. We pray for your wisdom. Father, every single one of us here want to live a life that's blessed by you. Father, I pray that our desire is to be a blessing to you, to live for your glory, to not just want things from you, but to know you, Lord. I pray that each and every one of us strives to build a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And Lord, out of that, we will then learn that we can trust you with our messes. We can trust you with our finances and our relationships and our decisions. Because you tell us you really do want what's best for us, what you've designed us for, what you've called us for, what you've created us for. So I pray that each and every one of us seeks that from you. Lord, we pray that your spirit will guide us and convict where needed. And I pray today that you give us and help us understand your wisdom. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.